Welcome to Abbas's Reviews. I'm Damian Black, and I'm going to take this opportunity for this episode to talk about my book, Life of a Bastard, Volume 1, or the book series. Recently, I have had an opportunity to uh, host a book talk about my book, and last week, uh, March 31st, I went to Beijing at the Bookworm Beijing to talk about Life of a Bastard. So I will play this after this introduction. Um, my next book talk will be in Chengdu, April 21st, 2018. And you can go to my website, www.lifeofabastard.com to get an update or where, if you're in China, where you can join me. And on May 19th, I will be in Suzhou. I love the city of Suzhou. And both shows are at 7.30. So hopefully you can come by and we can talk about Life of a Bastard. Okay, so now I'm going to play you the introduction of the book talk and also discuss identity. Hi, again, my name is Damian Black, and uh, this is my first book, uh, Life of a Bastard, Volume 1. It is a book series, and I want to talk about some of the uh, the process of writing this book. So I want to take out the original manuscript. Okay, this is the original manuscript, and I started this book, I will say, sometime around 1984. And why I started this, because I wanted to take a journal, which was very therapeutic for me. Uh, which was required by the school that I write down everything I thought about. So I took journals and recorded myself. And the process of writing, um, of editing, was, was the, a lot of work was the editing. Because there were unfinished thoughts as you write a journal. So when you write a journal as a kid, you stop and then you forgot about whatever you're complaining that day about. And um, so let's talk about what is life of a bastard? It's all true, but it's important to know it's from my perspective. And that is life. I grew up in New York City. That's where I'm from, New York. And um, my earliest memories was entering a foster home. Anybody know what a foster home is? You know what a foster home? No, I don't know. Okay, a foster home is a place that kids go that are either removed from their parents or taken from from their parents because something that happened in their home. So that that is my earliest memory. Prior, I have no memory of of growing up. So I had to force a home at three years old and joined later by my two sisters. And all this was in the 70s and the 80s, where things were very different. How we treat children, how we protect children is very different than now. If you smack a kid in America, you might go to jail. That's the way it is now. Back then, you can do a lot to kids. So, um, so as I was writing 
as a kid writing all the stuff that was happening, um, I'm going to say that this book and having this, having this power of memory is what probably saved my life. And it's not a really discussion about uh, is foster care a bad thing in America? Is it a bad thing? I don't know. I was born to a 16-year-old mother and my father was 24. And when I was born, a month before my father went to jail for 16 years. So it starts from there, but it's not like, I don't want to say it's a story where you can say, oh, I feel so bad. He's just, I'm just giving you my thoughts of what's happening, whether I'm doing good things or bad things. And do I change? When do I change? What do I learn? How do I learn things? You know, how do you learn from right from wrong? How did I learn from right from wrong? Who can teach me that? Who can teach me to be a man? So I think it's very interesting as I read. I mean, I only read my book once, the final part at one time. I, I, cannot, I can't take reading the book. Like, I can only read it once. And as I was reading this and critiquing myself, um, I was trying to find what motivates him to continue. What motivates people to continue? I often think of this as I see people who struggle outside. I see people with nothing. And I think to myself, why are you still living? And I really think the one thing that's important for the character in the book is not my name. That's to protect a lot of people. But I think his will to never say die, to never give up, is what keeps him going. Now, is he always good? No. No, not at all. But he is a reaction to the situation. And, um, and of course he's joined by his siblings. And I always, when I'm writing about this, I'm not writing from my perspective now. I'm looking at a small child, his name is Javier, okay? And he has two sisters, Marilyn and Miriam. And they're all gonna go through this system where you take a child, children away from their mother, right or wrong, and the system breaks the family. Javier goes to live with his grandmother, his sister goes to live with her father, and the cutest one gets adopted. So how are all these three going to succeed in life? And that's later on in other volumes that I want to talk about. But I finally allowed myself to publish this. I allowed myself to publish this because I'm in a better place in life. And um, 
where I can talk about it and have a little fun. You know, I can talk about it and laugh at some things in the book. That's really my motivation is to impact others to not to say, oh, foster care is an evil thing. It's to say you have to have will. You never know when something will change for you. Even the guy outside who has nothing, tomorrow something can change for him. And those who have, something can change their outside, end up outside. So um, these are my thoughts about writing. Now, what I want to write about this book, I want to say that um, I didn't change the language. So if I use bad words when I was a kid in nineteen in the eighties, it's what you're gonna it's what I'm gonna leave in. Because I don't like perspective of today saying, well I'm gonna write about something yesterday or twenty years ago, but use really nice language. You know, that's like having a slave movie and no one uses bad words. I don't think that's realistic. He's you're reading from a perspective of a maybe 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, what life is really in foster care. You know, yes, there's a probably, it makes people uncomfortable that there's sexual situations or sexual abuse openly discussed. But this is somebody's experience, and this is the truth, my truth. You know, so, um, that's why I decided not to go back and say, oh, I can't say that anymore. I can't write that, I can't allow this. I wanted to leave it. Maybe volume four is where I can go back and look at what I wrote. You know, I, I had a situation where my father, my real father, wrote me a letter. I, I sent him this book and he wasn't too happy because he's labeled as something in the book. But I can't change that now because, I'm, again, I'm writing from his perspective, not me, not the 46-year-old man, but 12-year-old boy. And volume two is done. As you can see, volume two is actually done. But, um, I'm waiting to release the Spanish version first, because that's important for me, as I am part black and part Hispanic. And I'm trying to embrace my, my own culture, which is something that you realize that it doesn't have a grasp of. You know, in foster care, these identities that we, we cherish today, you really don't have. You're, only I, the only thing you think about every day is getting through that day. You know? Um, how long will you stay in this home? When do you pack up? You know, I went to a, to a foster home for now, all my birthday once. All my birthday. Went to a new foster home. It was depressing. Because I have not yet celebrated my birthday with a cake and candle. There are other things that goes with a birthday. So 
Identity of self, not important, but survival is. You mentioned that in the process of your growing up in the fosters, you, you like uh, self-identity is not very strong. So um, how does it affect you in your like, uh, self? I think, um, I don't understand what you're saying. Um, I think growing up, uh, a lot of things shocked me. You know? Um, I didn't make smart moves transitioning from forcing my home to being out in the real world. And I ended up in the black neighborhood. And I'm gonna always keep it real in my books. I will always be frank and tell you exactly what happened. Um, I didn't relate. I did not relate with black people. Not because it was their fault, it was, I just didn't relate, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the conditions of why you live like this. And again, judging without understanding. So, not having an identity, not knowing the importance of Martin Luther King, M.L. King not knowing the importance of any people's struggle, just judging people and saying, oh, why would you live like that? And of course, what that brings, that brings conflict, you know, that brings fighting, you know, and I always had a mind where I didn't, I just said whatever I thought. That's the way I reacted. So, you know, I think identity is, is important to have, I'm not saying, you know, saying, oh, I'm black, yeah, you know, not that. But understanding who you are. And then you have the other side, Puerto Rican. I didn't even know what that was. So I think identity is important. I tell this to my students all the time. I say, yeah, it's cool, you're learning English. Cool. You go to international school. But don't let don't let your culture and your identity be changed or westernized. And this is what not this is just what Western culture does. You know, this is what it's just it's not like it's it's evil, it's just the way it does. It's the dominant culture. It changes people, people lose stop celebrating important holidays, replace it with Christmas and purple Christmas trees, you know. So I think not having an identity was a lot of problems as going into adulthood.